This is the Shopify Dropify, hosted by The Cut. Really what, what our core, our core expertise is SEO and AdWords. Because you make the concepts easy to understand, or I think for people often it, it becomes too technical and their brains explode. E-commerce businesses compared to other type of businesses online. In terms of SEO, there's some very specifics that you need to do. Welcome to episode 45 of the Shopify Dropify. In this ep, Ben talks to SEO expert Chris Dinham from the Summit Web. Chris takes a super accessible approach to what can be a technical topic and makes the concept simple and engaging. Any e-commerce business owner who wants to learn more about SEO performance will learn from this episode. So, g'day Chris, welcome along. Can you please intro yourself uh, and tell us what you do at Summit Web? Yeah, awesome. Thanks, Ben. Thanks for uh, having me on. Very good to have you on, mate. It's been good. It's been a while since we've caught up, but um, yeah, no, it's, it's good to see you again. But myself, my background, I guess you could say I started in actually buying and selling um, online assets or websites. Um, it's, a, it's a very little known um, thing that you can actually do at the moment, which is buying and selling. And, and from that, I started, I mainly buy these sites uh, overseas. From that, I morphed into Summer Web um, probably about four years ago. Okay. Um, so Summer Web is a local digital marketing agency. Um, we're more of a boutique agency that do very specialist SEO and AdWords advertising. You have some very interesting niches, which we'll get into later. <laughs> we do, yeah, yeah. It's, it's always good fun at Summer Web. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, my business partner, Robbie, both run Summer Web, and uh, that's mainly what we focus on in terms of SEO and AdWords. Okay, so you guys launched sort of four years ago, um, and you're based in the Perth CBD now. So can you sort of talk a little bit about your reach and where most of your clients are? Yeah, so most of our clients at the moment are um, local here in Perth. Okay. Um, we've got a mixture between e-commerce and local services. Okay. Professional um, services? Professional services, yep. yeah. Um, so uh, really, what, but our core, our core expertise is SEO and AdWords. Yeah. Um, well, one of the reasons I asked you along to the podcast was because you presented at one of our Shopify meetups last year, and I thought the way you positioned and explained the whole deal around SEO and search and, and AdWords and Google for e-commerce was really cool. Thanks. It's e-commerce businesses compared to um, other type of businesses online. There's very there's in terms of SEO, there's some very specifics that you need to do. Um, sure. And it's, it's sometimes difficult for an e-commerce business to market themselves online through SEO because quite often they might be selling a very similar product to uh, another competitor and it's it's difficult to stand out in the search results. Often um, those popular e-com sectors are pretty cluttered, aren't they? Yeah, correct, correct. And, and how do we, you know, to... In the search results, how do we show Google that we are better than our competitors or provide the information better than them? So some, some nuances that hopefully I, I got through there. Yeah, so let, let's get straight into some really uh, the best advice first, as I like to call it. Our aim with these is always to sort of give merchants and our audience as much help and guidance as possible and hopefully some you know action points that they can take in their own businesses. So what's the highest value piece of advice that you'd probably most often start with um, with an e-commerce? business owner so f first off the highest value bit of advice and if you have already an established website and say you already have some traffic coming through okay the best way to 
not instantly boost, but for, for the long-term boost your SEO. Yeah, yeah, there are no magic bullets, right? No, no magic bullets in yep. SEO, unfortunately. No. Um, but the best way is actually product descriptions. Okay. So many people forget to do this. Sure. Um, I remember it was funny at the meetup yeah. because someone asked you what's the ideal amount of uh, words or, or yeah words on a product page, and you said uh, somewhere around a thousand words. Yeah. And, and uh, that, people in the audience were freaking uh, out about the number of words they were going to have to produce about their products. But the, yeah. the point is, is the more words, the better almost, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, so it's, um, well, not necessarily the more words, the better, but more words allow you to show Google what your product is about. Absolutely. And why a customer would buy it. Sure. And I'll explain why, is because um, when uh, when the Googlebot is actually discovering your website, yeah. or sorry, let's, let's bring it back, when a customer is searching uh, their search query within Google, yep. Google doesn't actually search the internet. What it does is it searches its own library of the internet. Sure. But That was funny, we just had a quick pause because as I was talking about Google, my phone listened to me. <laughs> I've got an Android phone and started talking to it. Talking. But, um, We're being listened to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Alexa laughed as well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the, the main point is that when, uh, when a customer searches your query, Google doesn't search the internet, it searches its own database. Okay, that's way- a really good distinction to understand uh, and it's useful, I like it. And, but the way Google finds that database is they're really great at reading text, not so great at reading images. Okay. Not to say they're not getting better, but Google couldn't say, look at this chair. Um, they could understand it's a chair, but they don't understand whether it's an office chair or whether it's a, I don't know, recreational chair. Sure, or so it's that non-specific. Mm. So the way we tell Google what our product is about, the best way is via text, because yep. it can really easily read it. Yep. Now, with your 1,000 words when you're adding it into the product description, you gotta realize that you don't necessarily have to write all those 1,000 words. Sure. It's best to, of course, write an enticing product description that is customer-centric first to help them convert. Um, And that might be answering frequently asked questions that immediately um, uh, solves their problem if they're coming on to find a niche product. Sure. So let's continue with the chair analogy. Your first line of copy might be, um, do you get a sore back from sitting at your computer desk all day long? If you do, this chair is ergonomic and has a lumbar support and will be perfect for your situation. That's the type of thing you're talking about, right? Yep, perfect. And then maybe down in the uh, in the frequently asked questions, I normally have a column that says frequently asked questions. Sure. And I anticipate what my customer is going to ask because of you, know, you might be in business already, so you already know some FAQs. You know your customers, yeah. you know your products, you know the common challenges and, and issues. And if we were talking about, well, we were talking about gamer's chair, um, you might have a sub-question, or would this gamer's chair be great for Fortnite? Or would it be yeah, great okay. for um, driving games? Sure. So those, I call them like sub-sub-niche questions. Yeah, okay. Um, Google picks up on that, and people actually search that. While that search volume might not be massive for that particular search, that niche keyword, um, it's very unlikely the competitors are actually going for those. Yeah, okay. So it's quite easy to start building up the, your text through these frequently asked questions. And then, of course, what everyone should be doing is having a review function on their product Because page. that goes to count towards the, the text count. Sure does. Yeah, yeah. And you look at, the, you look at one of the, the biggest e-commerce store in the world, Amazon, they, 
they you know they go hard on on um, reviews. Yeah. Um, and yep. if you actually go onto an uh, Amazon page, you'll notice that you know they don't necessarily make it look super super pretty. Um, uh, but it gets to the point, and they have huge amounts of text on um, questions and answers yep. and reviews. So there's no reason why we shouldn't be doing that as well. It's funny because uh, we had a meet-up last night and one of our keynotes was from Okendo. So they're a Shopify-specific review app. Yep. So we talked a lot about the power of customer reviews and how that's expanding and become, the content in the reviews is becoming more rich to include photos and images and different ways of having your text and... Yeah, all sorts of stuff is becoming more and more sophisticated because it's just such an important part of the whole equation. That's really, really interesting advice on the content. So don't worry, uh, all your merchants out there, you don't have to sit down and yeah. not literally write 1,000 words for every product just and yet. Just one more on that as well. Sure. You, you don't have to write 1,000 words for every single product. Of course not. Just pick your top, start off That's with your right. top 10. Do your top 10 and then just slowly chip yeah, away. At focus that, yeah. on your most popular products and getting them Perfect. to be the best they can and then, yeah. then have a cascading effect from there, right? Yep, definitely. Very good. So for a merchant who might be uh, in the startup phase, like maybe they're planning an e-commerce business or, or they've started it recently, what do you guys at Summit Web consider to be you know, the best possible area where they can focus their energies in, in that early stage? So um, uh, focus their energy on early to start off, what I'd like to say to, to startups is prepare for the end because right now we're in an economy where big data is king. Yeah. Um, so when you're, you're setting up your e-com business right from the start, make sure you connect those big data tools that are free to you so whether you use them now or in the future, you have that um, data the whole way through. So can you give us some, some examples? You're talking about Google Analytics. Perfect. Google okay. Analytics, and there's also another one called Google Search Console. Yeah. Um, and there's a few other you know, tools as well that you SEM can SEM Rush and that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah okay. um, so, so SEM Rush is a paid tool, but sure. connect those main, um, unless you're trying to hide something, which you shouldn't be. I'm never um, trying to hide anything, Chris. Yeah. Full transparency. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, uh, connect with those tools. Okay. You, you might not know how to use them now, but as soon as you come and, and maybe engage a marketing company or have your own marketing manager, that data um, over the years is absolutely invaluable. It so tells. start collecting that data from the very, very beginning, even yeah. if you don't know what to do with it. Yes, exactly. Very yeah, good advice. Yeah. So what, from your point of view, what's the most common mistake you see Shopify and e-commerce uh, business owners making? Um, the, the most common mistake SEO-wise um, is actually site architecture. Okay. Um, and this is obviously something you help with. Sure. But in terms of try and make your website as simple as possible. Yep. Um, and the reason we as SEOs on, from a technical wise um, are so, uh, have so much focus on this on e-commerce is that Google only has so much computer resources okay. to uh, what we call crawl a website. Yep. Now if your website is, has thousands of pages, lots of, del uh, not deleted but pages that aren't, um, you're, st you're not servicing that product anymore sure. and they're just these weird, awful pages. They might be redundant or neglected mm. or set off to the side, forgotten about or, or yep. whatever. Google still crawls them okay. um, and still indexes them. Yep. But the problem is if you have too many of those pages, that 
Google bot gets confused. Gets tired. Gets, gets yeah. sick of crawling your site. It does. Okay. It does. It's got eight legs, but you know, it's... See, oh, this, <laughs> it's is why, this is why I love talking to you about this, because you make yeah. the concepts easy to understand. Or I think yeah. for people often it, it becomes too technical and their brains explode. Yeah. But the way you describe it is very uh, sort of human and easily accessible, which for a technophobe like me, which believe me I am, <laughs> it's very, very good. And I'm sure for yeah. all of our listeners it'll be very, very... Uh, a lot more clear than it often is as well. Yeah. So, to, and to, to, in the end, to boil down your site architecture, yep. your customer should be able to access any page on your website yep. within three clicks. Okay, that's a good benchmark. Yeah. Um, and, and you'll see when you start notice, if you try find some of your popular products, it might be from your homepage quite often it takes six to seven to eight if you haven't thought about your site architecture, sure. especially if, haven't built the, if you've built the website yourself and you don't have any experience in it. Yep. Um, so, so one of the most important things is having that easy to understand site architecture from your customer's point of view, yep. because they can un- understand they how to navigate around. They can reach the buy now button more quickly. Yep, exactly. And uh, also from the Google, when they come and crawl your, Cool your website and Bing. You can't forget about that one. No, of course not. <laughs> They're on the app right here. They are. Yeah, they are. <laughs> um, they can start crawling and understanding your website. So yeah. Okay. Simple is the best. Brilliant. Well, we're huge supporters of that. Whether it's the brand, the structure of the site, the layout of the homepage, the imagery. Simple, simple, simple is always good. The messaging. Yep. It's all very important to be yep. simple. So Summit Web specialise in, in SEO and Google and you've got some other interesting niches which we'll talk about towards the end, but why are those things so important for e-com? Look, um, for e-commerce, for any online business, uh, and we kind of see this more and more at the, at the moment with all these changes with, on, with the platforms. So Facebook rolls out a new update or Instagram rolls out a new update yep. and your traffic is halved overnight. Sure. Yep. Um, so what SEO, while still has those risks, should be part of your ongoing strategy because it's, it's far harder to, um, well, well, there could be some updates on the future, but it's all about diversifying your traffic. Sure. So not only, you know, social media works really well for, for e-commerce. But you don't want to be dependent on it because the changes in those other social platforms, an example, are happening more frequently. And if mm-hmm. you're all just all going hard on Facebook or just on Instagram, you're, you're much more exposed, aren't you? Yeah, correct. Um, and one of the benefits of SEO as well was that while it takes a long time for it to work, it does, um, the return on investment from it is, is some of the best in the industry. Because and can you tell us what you mean by a long time? Okay, so, uh, well, <laughs> how long is a piece of string? Yeah, there's no exact science to but, this, but you know, yeah. you're not talking six to eight weeks. Obviously, no. you're talking a matter of months, if not years, aren't you? For, for, for a brand new website, yep. an SEO campaign can expect to start kicking in between the six to 12 month mark. Yeah, okay, that's, that's kind well, of what I was yeah. after, getting that framework around that timing. But SEO is very much so an exponential curve. While, while it might take, if you're doing everything right, it might take, um, you know, a, in those 12 months, you might generate, let's say, I don't know, let's just say 10,000 um, unique visitors per month yep. in those 12 months. You'll probably double it in the next two months. Yeah, okay. And it exponentially goes up. So once you're established and you're heading in the yep. right direction and the growth and, and the acceleration is faster and faster. Yep. Once Google starts trusting you, yep. then anything new that you start putting onto your website 
that is on brand and that it is about your niche, yep. they will start immediately ranking it. Yeah, sure. And so it won't take that time to go up you know, from page 100 to page one. Um, quite often, if you're an authority within your industry already, um, you might go immediately to page one. Yeah, okay. Um, so the benefits of compounding in the future, and SEO just doesn't, unless you're doing something bad, yeah. <laughs> SEO just doesn't instantly go away. For example, paid ads are great for e-commerce, but if you stop paying for your ads, you stop getting the results. You stop getting the results. Yep. If if you've done things right with SEO, then you know you work hard for twelve months and you stop doing active SEO at twelve months, your traffic still keeps yeah, going. It maintains. Yeah. You've set. You've built that foundation. Correct. You built the foundation very much like a brand, right? For sure. Is that you know you build that foundation right at the start and then the compounding effects. Once your yeah. brand is known, there's no real very fast way of eroding that. that. Yeah. That um, being known, I'm struggling to put that into words now. But yeah, there's no way of eroding that brand equity without, you know, retiring the whole business. Once you've built it, people are going to know about you. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's awesome. Um, so at Summit, what what do you see as the biggest advantages your approach offers in this space? Well, I think that long-term uh, ROI benefit as yeah. well, and the diversification. Now. Um, we can probably talk about it a little bit later, but I do a lot of buying and selling websites online. Sure. And so one of the main things when a buyer comes uh, to view that property, yep. they want to, A, have a lot of diversification of, um, uh, of traffic coming in because the traffic equals revenue. Yep. Um, uh, but B, if they know that if they can acquire that website and do nothing to it, yep. not even do paid ads, yep. they're guaranteed an income moving forward. Okay. And as business owners, you you know just as well as I do, that guaranteed recurring revenue, no matter what happens with the biz, with the traffic side of things. That's magic. That's, you know, that's something really, you know, you can go to the bank and say, look, I've got guaranteed revenue, um, and, and, you know, scale up, or just for the ease of mind, or, you know, whatever, scaling a business. Yep. So that's... That's really where the benefit of SEO comes in, and then obviously, obviously revenue as well. Um, so, can you give us uh, like some sort of example? And you don't have to mention specific business names, but maybe touch on a on a case study or a real life story that you know might cover cover us across their challenges and uh, your solutions, and then the outcomes. Yeah. So. Uh, Probably a recent client was um, in the furniture space. Okay. Um, and while while they they had a solid site architecture, they had a professional website built yeah. before they came to us. So a lot of that hard work, um, not necessarily was done, but we didn't have to rebuild from scratch. Which sure. Is, which is always great. You had a good base. Had we we had a good base. Um, uh, from there, we literally had just basically started optimizing product descriptions and also um, titles and meta descriptions. Okay. Um, for anyone who doesn't know what a meta title and a meta description is, is that uh, it's that title or that description that Google shows within the search results. Yep. And it's interesting the data coming out uh, at the moment is that the number one position on, on Google isn't necessarily getting the most clicks at the moment. Right. Um, it all depends on your title and your meta description connecting with the customer. Okay. And so very often we, we get a customer to, let's say, the bottom of page two, or so the top of page two, the bottom of page one. Yeah. And the only difference between us getting them from the bottom of the top of page two 
to the top of page one, will be optimising these titles and meta descriptions okay. to best connect with their customer. Okay. Now we do a whole heap of other things that involve schema markup and I won't go deep into it, but essentially it's a little bit of code to help Google um, show uh, additional uh, visual features about your product. Okay. Um, great example might be, you know, in the search results you sometimes see those five stars. Yep. Um, that's what that's a product review schema markup. Yep. Now you tell Google to show you to show that. Um, a lot of e-commerce businesses don't don't know that you can add that bit of code in. Sure. Um, and so that adds an additional visual feature when the customer is scrolling down that first page to click on your listing rather it's than the other like ten. It's almost like a micro review, isn't it? Because it's yeah. showing a new customer that oh, hang on, there are a bunch of other people that are already happy with this business because it's got a four or five star rating. Yep. Correct. Okay, um, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, so, so sorry, I've interrupted, but keep going around this example. So essentially, that's we just did those optimization. There was a lot of technical things that we did in the background in sure. terms of... Uh, there always is. There always is, but realistically, what it boiled down to was optimizing these titles and metas, doing great on-page SEO, which is optimizing the, the product pages. Yep. Um, making sure our, it was easy to click through the website yep. um, and making sure in those frequently asked questions we had certain keyword phrases that we have picked out that customers were searching for for specific uh, furniture. Yep. Um, and for, for a lot of the keywords, we were able, able to immediately bump them straight up to page one just from those tweaks. Okay. Um, so they were in a, a particular campaign where they were quite at. Their, their company was aged, they had a solid brand name and they are already trusted within Google. So that strategy was just to tweak things on, on the page. Okay. But for a brand new uh, e-commerce business, it might be more about getting mentions around the web. So what we call backlinks. Yep. Um, for other websites linking to you that are trusted in Google. And you can do that by maybe some guest posts or uh, uh, reaching out to people and I won't go into them, but there's, no. there's different strategies. But, but people can Google, you know, the idea of backlinks and probably find a, a good yeah. explanation of it in fairly simple terms, but that's a whole other strategy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there are a lot of different ways. But I imagine that the, the outcome of that was a very happy furniture business owner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very um, good, which is what we're aiming for, aiming for, for sure. Um, what do you think, you know, in the first couple of years of an e-commerce business, what are the key things that, that business owners or digital marketers, you know, should be doing um, from your perspective at Summit? First thing is the data, because I know how much, how powerful data is. Yeah. Um, so as long as you've got that data recording already, yep. um, then you're on the right track. And then it's about learning to trust it and understand it and put it to use in, in terms of making decisions, isn't it, as you move forward? Exactly, yeah. The data should tell you what to do next, yeah. um, but don't be afraid to test as well. Sure. And especially with online marketing, or, uh, while you have people who are specialists at what they do yep. in terms of Facebook or SEO and AdWords, don't be afraid just to try um, a, a different type of digital marketing and just see how it works for you. Yeah, it's good um, advice. But as well, a trial is not one week. No, <laughs> you need to gather some uh, proper uh, perspective on how it's performing, right? Exactly, exactly. Um, so don't be afraid to test it out. Of course, I said never ever neglect, neglect SEO because you know, you'll work hard at it for 12 months and then 
you'll see minimal results, and then all of a sudden within two months, it'll skyrocket. So yeah. never forget that. That's what I always say. Even if you can do small things like optimizing the product descriptions to start off with if you don't have an SEO budget. Sure. Um, but what I always say is just test and try things. Yeah, absolutely. It's good advice. We're doing, yeah. I was doing a podcast with uh, Scott, my business partner, and we were talking about uh, the Shopify themes and just, yeah. just testing and trying different themes and swapping them over or A-B testing different homepage designs. I mean, whatever it is, you've got the ability usually to test, gather some data, do a long enough test to, to make sure you're getting something meaningful but then and then adjust your approach accordingly. And patience is key. Totally. In yeah, testing. Yeah. Not many business owners I know are very patient, no. but there you go. <laughs> We've all got lessons to learn, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, what do you think are some of the challenges that are really unique to e-com? Um, E-com-wise is differentiate... Uh, uh, Showing how you're different to your competitors if you have a very similar product to Yeah, them. okay. Um, so Because it can be a crowded market, as we mentioned before. It's a very crowded There's market. There's a lot of fast yeah. fashion brands. There's a lot mm-hmm. of, you know, cosmetics or face cream brands or, you know, all, all of those sort of sectors that are going great guns in e-com are very cluttered and competitive uh, spaces, yeah. aren't they? And even if you think, if you have a new product, even if you think that you don't have a direct comparable competitor, yep. you always have a competitor on Google. Sure. Always. Because no matter what keyword phrase you enter in, there's always going to come a result up. Yep. Whether that keyword phrase actually produces an accurate result or not is up to Google. But whenever you are trying to compete on, on Google, you always have competitors online. Sure. That's a good point. Yeah. That's an interesting point. If you, can you give us three big summit web insights for uh, e-commerce business owners? Oh, three big ones. Yeah, um, like let's talk about Everest, K2, and what's another summit, big summit? Uh, I, I can't know. think of another one. I ben know. Nevis? Ben Nevis, is that yeah, it? Is God that knows, it's in Scotland. It's the only other big mountain I can think of. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I'm, be- I'm being punny with the uh, summit name. So you just go ahead, mate. Give us three big chunky ones. Three big chunky ones. Um, again, I would say data. Data uh, is the, um, the commodity of the future at For the sure. moment. For sure. Um, uh, product descriptions as well. So make sure you write all your all content out. And then schema markup is, is, is going to be the future of Google. Yeah, um, okay. Now, schema-wise, I'm talking about uh, when you talk to Alexa or when you talk to Google. Yeah. Um, they want to provide results to you. And, and more and more, we're getting to an AI uh, speakable back machine. Sure. Google. Um, uh, what's the home platform called? Yeah, Google, Google Home, home isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can talk to and ask it to open the fridge and bring yep. you a cold Coke or whatever it might be, that sort of stuff. But in America now, you can also ask for it to buy your toothbrush and get it shipped direct to sure. you. Sure. So it's yeah. actually purchasing for you without you even having yeah. to sort of press a button or anything. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Yep. Um, and... It, it's funny as well because you can see, like, they only, I don't know how many actual results they give you immediately at the moment, but okay. they're not going to give you 10 results speaking to it because you get bored, won't you, listening to it. Sure. So they give you a short, finite amount of results saying, hi, okay, and they know, they know you're buying um, patterns. So if you say, uh, hello, Google, whatever you say, hello, Google, can you buy me a new toothbrush and get it shipped to my address? 
Yep. They say, I found this toothbrush on Amazon. I found this toothbrush on maybe a boutique fashion store that you've visited yep. another time if they've got schema markup. Yep. And I found this toothbrush. Here's the prices. Which one do you want? You say, I want this one, and then it ships to your door. Now, the, impo- the funny thing is there is that when you make a purchase, Google remembers that, and it'll remember it was one of your favorite stores. Yeah, okay. So if you can capture that customer right at the start with your speakable um, action. They're going to come back to you. Then Google's going to serve the, the result up to you yeah. again and again and again because yeah. it, you know, it likes you. You know that you're comfortable with that um, brand. Yeah, it's incredible. So that is one of uh, the real e-commerce-wise, speakable, we call it schema markup. Yeah. Um, is, is so that's sort of, all about voice recognition and AI in the purchasing yeah. process. Yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, and so it might be it might be that on certain parts of your website uh, that you you just analyze on how someone would actually speak and order your product, right? And then write particular text exactly how someone would speak to oh, it. Is that how yeah. that works? All right, brilliant. Um, and but it's it, it, at the moment it's quite complicated. It's not super easy for uh, an e-commerce business to add this speakable schema markup at the moment. Sure. Um, unless you're a trained digital marketer, but in the future it will become far easier. Yeah. Uh, so I think as e-commerce businesses looking to stay keep on the wave, this. Um, uh, this is something they should be looking at for yeah, sure. Yeah, that's awesome yeah. and really super interesting. We've had a few yeah. people talk about that as being, um, you know, one of the big things that's really pushing forward around e-com, mm-hmm. as well as, you know, 3D imagery, you yeah. know, video product imagery, augmented reality, and those sorts of really interesting sort of how a customer engages with a product digitally are a big... They're a common one that people identify as being, you know, oh. whether as exciting stuff is happening yeah. around that. But I haven't even talked about YouTube SEO, but there's a massive space as well. That's for another podcast, yeah. Chris. Yeah, Settle yeah. down, mate. Settle down. But look, that, that segues this really good into the idea of, of evolution and obviously tech and digital in general, but certainly e-commerce is, is moving very, very quickly. What are you guys seeing at Summit that, you know, trends or, or new technology that are emerging now that are going to um, have a strong effect on e-com and digital in the next year or two? Definitely, yeah. You, you can't deny the Google Home or Alexa or Syria at the moment. Yeah. Um, the way they serve us information and definitely I think as we start riding the wave of 5G and the Internet of Things, we're yeah. basically we're going to be able to talk to our fridge and order a toothbrush or yeah. your fridge will understand um, that you're running low on milk and automatically order it. Yeah. Um, I see that sort of tech, that sort of uh, ease of access or... Yeah, accessibility. Is that the right word for it? Well, I was yeah, going to say, that... and I've mentioned this a couple of times, I went to a Facebook um, workshop in Toronto, which was part of the Shopify Unite conference, yeah. and they called it frictionless commerce. Oh, so yeah. removing the friction points for the customers so that the products are just getting closer and closer and closer to the customer. Yeah. Whether they're, they're coming into a, a, you know, a social media feed and you can make the purchase direct there or even more extreme like what you're talking about, you don't even have to pick up your device. You can just talk to your fridge and order it. I mean, that is, I mean, it's hard to imagine you know, a process with less friction than, than that one, right? Yeah. 
It's an interesting topic and an interesting way of, of thinking about that, even if it just comes down to the idea of, like you were saying before, removing clicks for a customer. Yep. That's removing friction yeah. points, right, and making the whole thing more immediate and direct. And it's, it's interesting to see the evolution because, you know, remember the time where we never had mobile phones, everything we had to order was through a computer. Yep. Now we're moving into the mobile phone age. All but mobile. But still, even still now, and this is probably 10, 20 years in the future, even still now we're restricted by how fast our thumbs work. Sure. I'll tell um, you, some of those teenagers, their thumbs work pretty quickly. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'm on the old one finger texting yeah. and they're like, Brrr. it's crazy. Um, yeah, so, you know, but still, like, we're still kind of restricted by that. Sure. So as we, as these new speakable devices and even devices like Google Glass and eventually become social norms. Is that like the, when you see something through your, your glasses? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like a heads up display for your, for your, your glasses sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy, man. We have all that. The, the only reason we don't have that now is because the social acceptance. And yet we still yeah. don't have hoverboards. Yeah, I know. Yeah. What's going on there? Hey, mate, we, the other day, Nike gave us the, uh, I know, I saw the, that. I the saw, shoe that zips up. Yeah, I watched an awesome doco on Netflix about the designer of that shoe oh, yeah. and how they started designing the real thing when Back to the Future came out and it took them like 25 years for the technology to catch up with the concept to them to actually build that shoe. Really interesting doco, you should check it out. Amazing. We are so far off topic we now, are, Chris, we are. But, which um, is uh, all good. <laughs> really finally, mate, before we wrap it up, do you have any uh, like final insight insights or announcements about Summit or anything else you want to comment on? Final, final insights I would say for someone starting out their new e-commerce business is think of the end and there's a massive marketplace, I'm talking huge marketplace out there is where you can on-sell your e-commerce business. Okay. Um, and they sell for great multiples. Generally at the moment what we're seeing is uh, 32, on average 32 times their monthly net profit. Wow. Um, and so, so setting your uh, setting it up correct from the start can mean you can earn more if you end up selling your site or maybe merging with someone else or, yeah, or okay. whatever. But um, if I could give some little tips, go to a, your if your customers can jump on Flipper.com or um, EmpireFlippers.com and just see the potential of where your e-commerce business can uh, go to. Yep. Um, they'll they'll see that there's. Um, some real opportunities and exiting uh, after after you're done with the e-commerce business, or you know they might just want to build multiple. And so that might change how they see the future of their e-com business as well, and where they might end up in two or three or five years' time. Correct. Correct. Mate, it has been absolutely awesome. Thank you very much, Chris, from Summit Web. Very cool to connect again, mate, and get you on the podcast. Super interesting. Um, thanks for joining us. Thanks, mate. Appreciate having me on. Thanks for listening to Chris from Summit Web. If you like what you hear, please share our podcasts and come back again. We drop one episode a week as we talk to merchants, experts, and app developers. If you want to share your business story on the Shopify Dropify, call Ben at The Cut or hit thecut.net.au and we'll make it happen. Thanks for listening. Access e-commerce expertise from The Cut anytime. Visit thecut.net.au and connect on Facebook and LinkedIn.